0: Welcome back to episode 41 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman. And today we bring you the co-founders of Metalith.io, Joel and Mark. Metalith develops advanced solutions to help investors navigate the emerging $200 million crypto collectibles industry. All right, let's listen in.
1: Thank you. Happy
0: to be here. Great, man. Uh, so, we first heard about you guys um, with this uh, press release that you guys re- recently received funding. And um, so, do you guys want to talk about a little bit about what Metalith is and like how, how you view it into the big bigger space in, in the non fungible token area?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, we actually originally started uh, with something quite different that was also Decentraland related. Um, but back then we had a different name, which was VR Law, and we focused on the renting out of parcels. Okay.
2: Um,
1: you know, because I think the other night both of us were, got into Decentraland in 2017, around the time they did the ICO, right? Um, and one of the things we very quickly, because we were both really into it, because it was it was this this idea of having like a virtual world where all the rules, the laws, you know, and most importantly, maybe the economic laws are decentralized, uh, that really attracted us. Mm-hmm. And so we were both put really into it. And one of the first things we identified was that people would want to rent out land to take advantage of something like, uh, passive, you know, passive income, sure. uh, providing opportunities to other people looking to rent instead of buy and stuff like that. And we saw a decent amount of demand in the, in the Discord as well, the decentralized Discord. Uh, mostly people saying, you know, when can I rent land? This question has been going around for like one or two years. Uh, ever since launch, basically, right? Ever since, uh, land was tokenized. And so, Ben and I, or Mark, sorry, Mark is the, the English name, Um we both kind of like jumped on it and started thinking about, you know, what, what is really needed out there? What, what doesn't exist? We have this virtual world, we have this tokenized property, but this layer that you kind of need to enter into business agreements and make an economy work is, sure. isn't there. There's no protocol for it, right? Sure, sure. So initially, uh, the, we actually released an alpha, uh, back then, which was just, um, giving people an op- overview of the parcels they had, um, a mock-up of entering into a rental agreement where you pay like a certain amount of mana or ether every, every month or every week. We didn't, we didn't quite know what the, you know, the period would be for lending a rent. It could be much faster, you know, much higher turnover than for normal real-world property. Um, and then we decided at some point that this was something that we wanted to do full-time. Um, and we started searching for, for funding and stuff. And one of the, like, really logical people to speak to in, you know, at the crossroads of virtual reality, uh, NFTs, blockchain, that kind of stuff, uh, were, uh, the digital currency group were also very active in Decentra, right? Sure. So we got to talk to them and we did a bunch of, um, iterations on, you know, what, what would, uh, provide a good basis to, uh, start a startup with, uh, and what not. And so we shifted away from this renting of land ultimately to a kind of like generalized land management portal that would help you with, you know, all aspects of, of owning and using, using land. And one of the first things they came up with on both sides actually, but they was they were separate and we just came together on it at some point, um, is that there should probably be something like an index. Mm-hmm. The big problem with NFTs any project that, that you think of that has NFTs is that it's not easy to summarize from an investment perspective, the overall performance mm-hmm. of an unfungible token, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So one person that we uh, spoke to a lot was uh, Matthew, DCL blogger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, he, he really gave us a lot of information, you know, on how, how he looked at this, how he approached it. And one of the things he said was that when he wanted to look at the state of the market, he would look at the cheapest parcels with particular characteristics, like, let's say, a two-land estate, you know, what is the cheapest I can find, then look at it across time and see how that evolved, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing about taking, like, this lowest price is that it's an absolute value, and it, it's a, and it doesn't summarize the overall performance of the market, right? It could be that parcels behave very differently from estates, small estates from big estates, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So the logical solution is to aggregate the performance of all these assets, Uh, Over time, and then um, summarize, you know, how the market behaves overall between these time periods. And so we started researching on how we could do this for uh, NFTs, which are kind of, you know, special assets. They're non-fungible. They don't have order books, anything like this. It's like it's quite different from like an S and P 500 Mm financial index. And then we found that index approaches for the housing market. Where could be uh, an option so the case failure index that you have in america right mm-hmm. it aggregates all these houses all these prices of houses over time as they evolve um, and then it summarizes their overall performance into one one index one one figure right sure and that sounded quite similar because if you think about it, houses real world houses are non-fungible right it, it, if you just look at the location of a house there's no way you're going to have the exact same location, uh, exact same house in the exact same location. So you need to, if all these things that are non-fungible that you need to aggregate over, it. it's the very same principle with whatever we see here on the blockchain, mm-hmm. uh, land or crypto or gods and chain or anything like this, right? So we went down that road, um, and we're currently working on the, the more advanced model that would require a little more work in terms of statistics and stuff. But the, we already have these indexes live that we launched with the press release and, um, uh, those take the median, which is, which is a very simple approach. But even the median is quite a popular tool with, uh, many governments, uh, other institutions around the world that, that make these indexes. So we thought it would be a good place to start. And yeah, we're hoping to take it much further. Um, you know, go more in depth on what's happening in Decentraland, but also extend to other projects, you know, uh looking at other virtual world uh things like crypto voxels, somnium space, sandbox, which sure. you these are all super interesting. Absolutely. Uh, also because what is interesting about these NFTs um in, in in virtual worlds is that they have apart from let's say general characteristics, they also have this spatial dependence, these yeah. coordinates, right? Yeah. And, and these coordinates they actually um 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 cause uh, the spatial dependencies that you also find in the data across prices, across locations, and that actually helps us with making these statistical models uh, more solid. Yeah, so, so you're saying,
0: why- you're saying like the more centralized a parcel is, the more expensive it could potentially be um, in, a, in a purchase.
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's kind of like macro behavior, right? So you could say, like, if you look at the center of the center, that we divided it in, into zones, actually, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that we divided into, into zones. And so if you take that middle area, that middle square, which is zone five, uh, forest, which has traditionally been the hottest area, right? That's why the, uh, I think the most expensive parcel ever was sold on coordinate 22 something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the, uh, parcels there, um, the
0: surrounding areas are also pretty much expensive too.
1: Yeah. So, so you get these like, um, very local behaviors where if one ex- expensive parcel sold, then it's very likely that that price will influence sure. the NFTs around it, the, the rest of the land. Right. And that's a very interesting relationship that you only find with, um, these NFTs, use coordinates, uh, because. They are, you know, they are explicitly related to each other because of that locational stuff, which makes them different from, for example, CryptoKitties or Gods Unchained. They're related in terms of, of theme, right, in terms of purpose, but they're not related in terms of location. Right. And that's actually an important, um, point for us, data point for us in, in in making these statistical models. So So for many,
0: CryptoKitties, just a quick question for CryptoKitties, wouldn't like just like in Decentraland, the more centralized that you are, it tends to be more expensive. Do you think in CryptoKitties the more older the CryptoKitty is, the more expensive it is? Like the closer it is to the Genesis CryptoKitty?
1: Yeah, for sure. I was reading the the mifty report. that was recently um I think the Twitter account is called uh, the Nifty Guy or Nifty Collector. I think mm-hmm. I think he came out with, um, with a report recently, and he, he did a, a summary of of the CryptoKitties market. And yeah, you have these early generations of CryptoKitties that that are a lot more valuable um, because they're they're the very roots of the entire you know CryptoKitties tree, you could say. Yeah. Um, because so, they,
3: they literally propagate like like biological creatures, right? You have to crossbreed them or something like that in yeah, order to create new ones?
1: Yeah. So there's this like secret algo, right, that that yeah. um, combines these genes and then some new stuff comes out and no one knows what the official algo is, although apparently mm. some of them have figured it out. But that's So that's a completely separate dynamic that you find with uh, CryptoKitties. Uh, but that's also, I if I would look at it like from a bird's eye view, would be much harder to do statistically mm-hmm. than with um, than with land, oh, uh, yeah. simply because the relationships between the NFTs are better coded and easier to interpret than with cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Hey,
0: Joe, real quick, uh, we can hear your microphone rubbing on on your shirt. Um, can you just? I uh, was right. Yeah. There we go. That sounds sounds better. Uh, no, no, you're good. Um so so yeah, we were uh th- that's funny that you mentioned uh Maddie from DCL blogger. That's kind of how we got into Decentraland as well. I mean, we uh oh. discovered it and we were looking into it and at the time it wasn't available to like walk around in the space. And so we were we didn't know like what Decentraland was really cuz all we could tell was like from a bunch of like texts, right? Just reading about it. Yeah. And now we
3: stumbled upon it just on the podcast yeah. actually, just looking it up. Yeah, and it's one of those projects that as soon as you look at look into it, you get hooked. Yeah, <laughs> Just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's something so new—the uh, whole space. I didn't know any of this whole virtual reality land asset. Yeah, you know, yeah. existed. It's, I, I don't know it's how I missed cool. it,
1: but <laughs> well, we did a bunch of um, research before getting into the, the details of Decentraland, and so one of the like reference projects that we looked at, right, like what happened in history before Decentraland um there's no way you can get about second life
2: right? yeah right mm-hmm.
1: um and so when i was like when when second life was like hot in 2008 2009 i was 18 19 years old mm-hmm. i honestly i'd heard of it but i wasn't like i never really got into it right and there, yeah. there, there seems to be like a whole generation actual generation of people that that were sec that went into second life and it's so i don't i don't remember much of it honestly but it it's crazy how big it was back then because mm-hmm. I was going through the Wayback Machine. Yeah. You know, the the website that archives all the stuff and yep. so there's a lot of there was a lot of stuff made for Second Life that isn't available nowadays that you can find it via the machine. And so you know, embassies were opening up yeah. official embassies <laughs> were opening up in Second Life yeah. and Reuters, the uh the news the news uh guys had like an official Reuters office in, in Decentrum where they were reporting from, you know, like virtual to Mm -hmm. other avatars and stuff. And I think back then it was so revolutionary to have this, I think it was probably marketed very well as well, but it's so, if you look at these like foundations, right, that uh, Decentrum continues to build on, uh, there's a lot of, it's a very rich history. Yeah. And it's really that's really also I think one of the things that really inspired us to, to go forward with with uh and It's interesting, one of the other things that happened in Second Life is that certain people had their land taken away from them. Oh mm, um, right. You know, there were complications with paying taxes in Europe, they had to on um, the European service, they had to uh, start charging tax because of, you know, local laws and stuff. People didn't want to do it, people didn't wanna go along with it. Uh, they struggled, other people did probably politically incorrect things or anything, and, and they ended up in court with, um, the people behind Second Life, and, uh, had their assets taken away from them. Wow. Now I, you know, I in no way probably agree with what those people did, but I do disagree with having your land taken away from you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right? Like, property rights are, are really basic, so, to see something like Descent Trend, where the property rights are like baked in. Yeah, inherent. The system, right. Yeah. And can never really be changed, that's really, that's really inspiring. And if you look at how society is becoming more digital overall, yeah, maybe we're at the right point in history where, you know, uh, something like Decentraland could work. So that was, um, yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: We think with blockchain technology, I mean, it, it lends itself to gaming, especially gaming, something like, like Decentraland. Do you think, do you think Second Life played a part in, into your guys' decision to starting with Decentraland as your first NFT on, on
1: Metalith? Um, so uh, we were not super. I, Mark, how, how much did you know about uh about Second Life when 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 we got into the Central um,
5: Not really. Not because um, because later when they try to uh imagine the businesses that people can do on the Land, I started to look at the Walters articles that Joe shared with me, and from there I know a little bit more and more and more about Second Life. So for me, I know the Central Land people. Hmm. Yeah. So have, we, have we, you guys
3: I, have any experience with like um MMO type games or anything like that in your past? You know, games World, like of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, EverQuest online. Those are similar environments, I I guess you would call yeah. them. I would say so. Just escape environments from reality, you know that are incredibly addictive.
2: Uh Yeah,
1: I I was into um I was into World of Warcraft uh, yeah. briefly, but I've after that I've always been more of a an FPS or yeah. uh, Warcraft like traditional warcraft like the strategy game yeah know. yeah
3: yeah, of course exactly. but i see a lot of similarities i guess you know in world of warcraft people including myself spent countless hours towards yeah. acquiring I, I would call them in-game assets i guess the gear yeah, that yeah. you acquire through the amount of hours that you invest in the game
1: yeah yeah no i, I totally agree there gaming is uh, really important even for me both on a personal and a professional basis it, yeah. the gaming aspect is really really important I was reading uh, one of Andrew Steinwald's um, pieces that he uh, wrote on NFTs, and he says, uh, uh, "You guys familiar with Dark Souls?" Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So he was saying, by the end of the game, right, you've grinded so much, <laughs> and, and and you know you have all these weapons, right? Dark Souls mm-hmm. is a famous for having these crazy weapons. You end up with a very particular set of items yeah. that your character wears at the end of the game, and you know, what if you could tokenize that, you know, and and yeah. Maybe as a memory but maybe also as essence you can carry over into another dark souls game or even a game completely separate from dark souls right mm-hmm. uh, another game that comes to mind is uh path, path of exile mm-hmm. U-E, mm-hmm. Uh, which is also like a total grinding game which has a, a wealth of, of currencies many different currencies many different uh very hard to find items you know where where i'm like it's not just about tokenizing those but what is interesting to me is also opening up financial markets Mm
2: -hmm, related
1: to those right because if you're a grinder right like like what what is your how do you get paid like how do you get satisfaction apart from the grinding shouldn't there be for all the time you spend on the game shouldn't there be um more compensation than just like a return
0: on investment
1: a return on investment a return on the time you've invested right like you can pay for pleasure for sure but I think we're moving towards um, a, a new, a new type of, of game life. mechanic. A or new, well, a new yeah, game mechanic. But also, you know, it's going to be a, have a very serious effect on life. I think mm-hmm. where people start playing games for money as yeah. a career. Yeah, right? and it's yeah.
3: not even it's not even just gaming. We're seeing a lot of projects uh, like decentralized social media platforms that are growing. That's that right. they're, they're starting to incentivize. Content creators, you know, decentralized YouTube a decentralized Twitter, they're starting to monetize people's opinions now. Yeah. You know, it's like a whole new economy is starting to form, not just on in-game assets, but.
4: Well, yeah, but for sure.
0: I was just going to say, we we totally agree with you. We were, yeah. uh, every, if you follow our podcast, like we keep talking about how a lot of these games, like their main um, attraction is that you'll be able to make money from them. Yeah. And and I, and what, what blockchain allows is the ability to legitimize like the content that you you discover in the game, mm-hmm. and then you can monetize that sword that you find in, in World of Warcraft. And, yeah, and exactly. And I, I, I was surprised. And, uh, I was watching this past year's E3, which happens in June or July timeframe, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a single company that talked about blockchain. Um, I think except one, but it was like an indie type. Uh, but but I, f- I have a feeling that due to, due to like, the success of Decentraland and, and Crypto Voxels and all these, we're going to start seeing a lot more integration of all these like, favorite games with mm-hmm. blockchain. Yeah. So, my yeah, question for sure. I, I have a quick question. How do you, in, in Metalith, how will you be able to track, let's say, let's say a, a big game like World of Warcraft starts integrating with, with blockchain or Pokemon? And you start collecting these, these Pokemon that are really NFT, you know, entities like assets, but Mm -hmm. you can start using these assets in different games. Like let's say I have a racing car game and in that racing car game, I can show off the rare sword that I got from world of Warcraft. So is there a way to track like the use of that NFT in separate games, like outside of that game world?
1: So that depends to what extent you integrate the NFC with the game. Um, okay. So as you, because I, w- I was listening to one of your podcasts and you discussed how Matic is used in Decentrum, right? How you basically cannot do a number of things in Decentrum without Matic because it would take too much time.
2: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and there you already see that the normal interactions that you would want to have with such a virtual asset are already removed from the blockchain simply because the blockchain cannot cope. with the the speed right now this may be an ethereum specific problem or a problem of this generation of blockchains but i think probably at least for the short and the medium term most of these normal interactions with assets will be detached from the blockchain sure and then unfortunately because the blockchain honestly by itself is a great for a data scientist it's a great source of data it's it's almost like it's almost a dream because the data is always available there's no way it has been mismeasured or anything like all the all this stuff is codified. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at, uh let's say, how much an NFT moves around in a particular world, mm-hmm. that data is not going to be on the blockchain, oh, and I see. you have to depend on the company to to allow you access to the data via an API, right? Sure, sure. And the problem is that. That's not very scalable because you're going to have to find agreements with every company to use their API. Sure. These APIs change; the companies change their minds. Some companies are going to say no. So, unfortunately, that stuff is very. It's tricky. a lot harder. A lot harder. To, yeah, much much harder. So, one of the things we're actually discussing with Decentraland is much closer integration with the data they have and the data we have. And so, one of the things we're hoping for, which I don't think has really been fleshed out yet, um, is to at least get a little more insight into traffic, like mm-hmm. how many people are, are going to particular parcels and stuff like this. Um, potentially, I mean, people teleport to parcels, right? You can enter this command to teleport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if, uh,
3: let me ask you a quick question about that. I don't know. Is, is it 100% uh, determined already that teleportation is going to be a thing or maybe flying within Decentraland? central land? What, what kind of impact is that going to have on land valuation, you think?
1: Well, that's that's very interesting because um, it's a good question because originally, so we discussed uh, Zone 5, right? So that that central square in center, which was really, really hot. Like,
3: like the middle, and, right? Like towards the middle? the middle,
1: right? Yeah. And, and so that middle is that there's, there's a big plaza. So that, yeah. that's one of these, I think, nine or 11 areas where Decentraland itself is going to organize big things, big events and, you know, big scenes and stuff like that. And so a lot of people initially bought a lot of land there because they assumed yeah. that that would be the original yeah. spawn location yep. right yeah um, and i think to this day in the in the beta which is still private i think um mm-hmm. that is the actual spawn point right mm-hmm. mark That's zero zero, right you spawn zero, zero? Yep. yeah right. yeah so um that so that's still there however you can teleport and i if like from a simple ux ui perspective like user experience I would say you probably want to allow people to spawn at the, at a custom location, right? So when I'm, when I'm playing Decentraland, I would go into the settings and say, uh, set my spawn location to this and this coordinate, right? Yep. Which I think most people would do because they probably have more interest in a particular area than, than the rest of Decentraland. Yeah. And that would mean that people, once people start doing that, those, that, that spawn theory of everyone spawning in the center is going to fall apart. Mm, and wow. probably the prices along with the prices of the parcels along with it um but <laughs> that's not good honestly, well, well i don't know if that's
2: it's, well it's not good know, for me
1: personally it,
4: yeah it's I, not I good own, for him I own, I own one of those <laughs> flaws. you know I,
3: I went in with the mentality exactly like that that's what i heard everyone's all the noobs are going to spawn in the middle right yeah, so yeah, i was yeah. like i
1: want one of I, these I don't think i don't think it will be too bad for you because the center is always going to have like a magical you know, a magical like element to it. Like the center is the center, right? Center of yeah. the earth, center of the universe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's there. But the, this very specific point of like spawning, or always spawning at zero zero is uh, unlikely to hold, I think, in my personal opinion for sure. Yeah, I agree as, with you. As, right. Yeah. As the world develops and people develop preferences for locations.
0: So. Yeah, like the casino gambler, they're not going to want to spawn in the, in zero zero. They're going to want to spawn right at the casino every time yeah. that they want to get into, into Decentraland.
3: And
2: so, That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah.
0: And so, MetaLith,
3: um, right now you have, a, like, a general index for all of the decentraland I think, but once this data starts coming in from segments of the world, I'm assuming you're going to have maybe, like, uh, like s- more concentrated indexes for, like, certain areas, I guess, so people, they could figure out, you know, which zones are more populated, higher traffic, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We- we actually have this already. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. So if you go on the, on the website, mm-hmm. there's this little like, um, uh, block of like nine, nine tiny, nine, nine mil blocks, one marked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And that's actually a representation, like a mini map of. Oh, I the see. Trend, right? I think, so, oh,
2: yeah.
1: If, if you click on five, the index will, will look only at the parcels in zone five and, oh. um, so oh, oh, I going see. On, in that particular area. So one of the things we actually put in the press release because we thought it would be an interesting data point that kind of illustrates why these zones are interesting mm-hmm. is. Uh, and Mark correct me on this because I might get it wrong, but I think there was one particular zone that was down 45% in terms of in price terms from the launch of this Uh So since launch until now, prices there have gone down about 45%. And then, then there was another another zone that was pretty much constant with the launch. So those prices barely changed. Right. Mm. So mm. that would seem to say, like the data is pretty limited, honestly, at the moment. So mm-hmm. you know we have to be a little careful with making drawing conclusions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you know, if you have one zone that shows the prices are down like fifty percent, and another zone where prices are barely down, clearly you have these like you know again like these these spatial dependencies, spatial interactions where. Certain areas are just more popular than, than others, and I actually think that the zone that was down only 1% or so wasn't even the central zone. Like, it wasn't even zone 5. I think it was zone 8, mm-hmm. which is at the the bottom of the map in the middle. Sure. Um, that's been a pretty popular zone. It actually has two, two very small plazas. that you can't really see if you look at it from... Uh, and it's
3: you know, interesting because the there aren't many districts around that area, if, if I remember. The districts yeah. are... Yeah, and uh, you would think like areas closer to districts would have like way more.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you. Hype. So one of the so we're making these models right, and these statistical models one their main purpose is to predict prices, yeah. which is a mechanic that we need to to build the more advanced indexes. Um, and so one of the variables we have in there is district distance. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so, district distance has proven a pretty insignificant variable. Wow, interesting. So yeah, it seems like wow. the, the pricing of most of these parcels is not heavily dependent on um, general proximity of, of districts. but yeah. so that may not be true for every district. Like, we know for a fact that in zone uh, 4, which is where the fashion district is, mm-hmm. on the left side of the map in the middle, mm-hmm. um, the average... Um, price of parcels is higher than in the rest like significantly higher than in the rest of the map. And there's a very like small amount of parcels there that can be traded and it's completely surrounded by big districts. Yeah. Um and and we have seen there, for example, that those parcels tend to be pretty um pretty high high worth hmm. um in, in terms of uh, in terms of prices. So it's you know, again like you have these very local uh behaviors um that you really want that we really like to drill down into but the sales data is somewhat limited yeah. if you if you look at the general index we have this like volume bar down below right mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: which pretty much i think mirrors what is also on the non-fungible's website and and you can see that uh, trading volumes are way down right so mm-hmm. back in the back in the early uh, days i think we would have had we would have uh, hundreds of sales per week which is our minimum time frame And nowadays it's, it's maybe 50 or or less, right? So we're, we're a bit, we're in a bit of a, a bit of a low, I'd say. But, um, at the same time, I think generally, um, 2020 and 2021 are shaping up to be decent years for crypto in general. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also going to have an effect on, uh, NFTs. From what I've seen, actually, if when crypto markets do well and NFTs don't necessarily move along with them, Mm -hmm. Um,
2: True.
1: you do have this kind of like flight to safety out of crypto when it's not doing that well and sometimes that fight goes in the direction of nfts it's a very interesting it's like this echo right Like crypto does well and then you have slightly later in time you have this like echo into nfts like the the money seems to move into nfts
0: it's probably because this is a little bit more stable than like cryptocurrencies
1: well so that's the thing so that's a very interesting question like how risky are nfts compared to crypto right Mm -hmm. so you already have these like kind of like stereotypes about cryptocurrency that you know it's volatile yeah it's extremely dangerous to put your money in but here's the thing about nfts uh, maybe at first sight they seem more stable but at the same time these things are a lot more illiquid
2: yeah and harder
1: to, to track if you're an investor than cryptocurrencies right with cryptocurrencies you get 24 7 markets order books lots of volume nowadays right mm-hmm. with an NFT, there's no order book right that's one of the things that we're trying to highlight here there's no order book. You have to manually find someone that wants to buy your specific sure. NFT, your specific land, right? That takes a lot more time because if you have ninety thousand or even forty-five thousand lands for sale, um, it's going to take people quite some time to find your particular parcel and be interested in the particular characteristics of that parcel, right? So mm-hmm. if you want to divest your NFT, that's a lot more trouble and stress. Then divesting of cryptocurrency, where you can just go to an exchange dex x, whatever you want, and just get rid of it, mm-hmm. you've done it. yeah um, whatever it is you don't have that so there's a lot of room there also to to like you know build stuff that that helps these markets um, some of these the physical models that I mentioned that we use for the index also have the potential to help at the very least with uh, market making, where if you have a parcel that you very quickly want to divest and you Mm -hmm. don't have the time to wait for someone to come along and be like, hey, you know, like to buy this and you don't want to lose too much money by way underpricing it, Um, then those models that we're trying to like compete um, could um, analyze uh, the value of that parcel and then make an offer on it, right? So there you have an automated system where you come to the, let's say, let's call it a bot. You come to the bot You say, I want to get rid of this land. The bot says, okay, like according oh, to my model. I see. It's, where you're like going. 10, yeah. mm-hmm. it's worth like, you know, nine thousand mana. I'm uh, offering you nine thousand mana, take it or leave it. If you're in need of cash, that's a great option. Sure. Right? And the bot gets a parcel that is somewhat underpriced that can be like, you know, resold later on for sure. the extra market. Right?
2: Yeah, according
1: to the so
0: analytics, then, you could get more. Yeah. So yep.
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of room to to improve um the general like liquidity, you know, the general flexibility of, of this market. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of one of the other things that really excites us, and it's very kind of convenient for us because um, we have like if you need predictive stuff, we already have to build that for the index, so we can easily reuse it for other uh, very useful tools as as well. So that's one of the things that we're really excited
3: about. Yeah, that 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 answers like a whole bucket yeah. of questions that I had because yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering how you guys are planning on making you know money. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's everyone's not objective, but you know, yeah, sure. It's a so big, it's, it's a big part of life, right?
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: you gotta yeah, yeah, make yeah, a yeah, profit you're,
1: somehow. You're, you're completely right, um, yeah. and I mean, let's, let's let's be you know let's be honest. It's a very early, it's early time, in yeah, the UK, right. Mm-hmm. So you have to be pretty careful if you're an actual business with the decisions you make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, in the short term, are still just very interested in just establishing tools without putting too much emphasis on um monetization but if you want if 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 you want me to like hint at where we're going probably with this is like yeah like market making that kind of stuff very interesting for us Mm -hmm. uh taps into one of the i think few things that actually make money in crypto in general Mm -hmm. uh which is um trading speculation Mm -hmm. and the other big one uh is basically building infrastructure right so we're kind of like Doing doing both, but we as a business have to make up our mind about where we want to go. Yeah. So definitely, I think trading speculation is a very interesting avenue for us. And then uh, the indexes are of course also somewhat dependent on this trading activity uh, picking up. And a very like um, common thing that you do with indexes is that you make them publicly available, but you add a delay of X, you know, uh, for the public API or for the public indexes, and then you offer the up-to-date um, information at, at a price. Interesting. And, really? That, okay. that is, that, that's, fascinating. that's interesting for us um, because we're not, you know, if we give you an index that is one week um, delayed, that's not a, that will probably not have a massive impact on normal people that consume the index because the week-to-week uh, change is unlikely to be very significant, but at the same time, if you're b- building mis- mission-critical systems that require up-to-date information, you will be Probably interested in having an up-to-date index available. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's that's
0: that's uh, that's what we're, yeah, we're so um we're we're particularly interested in this in this tool because uh, I'm curious and this is sort of a little bit of feedback and, and although I'll, I'll admit this is a little bit early, but uh, so we have a couple of creations built and running on Decentraland and right. um what well, we what I'm curious about is since you guys are tracking the value of a given parcel. And we were just talking about how parcels not necessarily located in the center of Decentraland are going to be worth, uh, you know, the the parcels located in the center are not going to be worth as much as other parcels. So will there be a a segment in Metalith where we can, you can kind of determine that, hey, this parcel is worth three times as much as its neighbors because there's a particular um, application running on that parcel that generates a passive income for the landowner. Or there's another, yeah. you know, tool running on that land that's that's actually providing more value than just the land itself.
1: Yeah, so that's so that um, actually comes down to a, um, a very important question for us, um, which is is the value of a parcel determined solely by its location, right. and you know its proximity to roads, its proximity to a district, proximity to a plaza, et cetera, et cetera, or um, has that price is that price now also starting to be influenced by what is built on the parcel right? right so i i'd say until now until yeah so we're i think one and a half years approximately maybe slightly more um down the road i think until now most of these prices have not been influenced too much by content simply because the content wasn't there uh was in progress of being built or because the client simply wasn't available for people to browse right sure. but we're now getting to a point where um yeah where the content may start factoring into this these land sales um and that means that we're also going to have to work on improving our models uh, to take into account more variables simply right
0: i wonder if, if there's an easy way for for you guys to determine like hey this parcel is actually selling for a lot more because there's this given application running on the land like how how would how would you technically achieve that is it is it through an API that Decentraland offers, or is it through an API of the, the dev that created that creation?
1: Yeah, so we haven't uh, looked into it uh, too much yet. And you're right, it's very implementation dependent. It depends a lot on how any interaction basically on a parcel or with a parcel is tracked, recorded, sure. uh, stuff like this. But one of the ways I can imagine... Um, that we could use as, as a heuristic for assessing what the deal is with a certain parcel is if uh, parcels are going to contain items that are also tracked um, on the blockchain. right? So if you have NFTs that are specifically related to a particular parcel, then you uh, open up a whole new world of uh, things that you can track. For example, you can look at um, how often NFTs from a particular parcel or NFTs associated with a particular parcel are traded, mm-hmm. and so you can very quickly come up with a ranking of the most popular um, parcel in terms of how how much the items on that parcel move around.
2: Sure, right? sure.
1: And that is that's already I think for at least for a statistical model it's a very big step forward because it gives you that popularity metric, right? Sure. So there are other things as as well that are more indirect, uh, but they could still be useful. Very simply, if uh, on the marketplace, right, so the marketplace that we have, uh, the, the official descendant marketplace, um, without using personally identify, identify, identifiable information, sure. uh, you could look at how often people look at a particular parcel,
2: okay. Right? okay. And
1: that doesn't happen on the blockchain, that's not a blockchain thing, that's a, that's a website tracker sure. Sure. thing, right? Um, so. Which is not as ideal as a blockchain because obviously it's going to have to run on a particular server it's mm-hmm. associated with a particular body of code et etc but at the same time that's again a very like basic but useful uh, metric to, to see you know how those how those parts are doing so I think a, a lot of it remains to be seen mm-hmm. like a lot of it is going to depend on how exactly in-game items are what the standard is going to be like for in-game items. Sure, um, and also traffic, like how many people visit a parcel, um, but I think we, there will be good opportunities there to uh, both for owners and for businesses like us.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: I was. Uh, let me let me make a suggestion, if I may. Um, sure. So just like I said, that we have like a, a game running in Decentraland, that its purpose is to provide an ROI for the landowner, right? So perhaps. It would be beneficial for for us if we could use your API or a little code that we can embed in our game so that we can we can sell our game to other landowners by saying, hey, if you if you buy our game and deploy it on your land, you can go to metalith.io to verify that once you buy this game, your land goes up, you know, 50 percent in value. And that way, it makes it easier on your guys that you don't have to go and contact all the indie games that are being deployed on Decentraland. Instead, the devs, like us, we do our own research and say, how can we provide more value for the landowner? And the way we provide more value is by using Metalith's API so that when people do buy our creations, they know that there's actual value tangible that's that can be pointed at, you know, on some metric, some graph on Metalith. That has nothing to do with
4: us.
1: Yeah, so that's actually one of the things we, we explored uh, when we were doing uh marker marker research. Um but it's and that was that was a, that was a few few months ago. And I think that's really something that's starting to emerge more and more as people deploy more content and like formalize the way you deploy and monetize things like what you're doing with, with Metazone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's maybe a, a, a very interesting emerging opportunity for us because just like normal business owners in the real world, you need a dashboard to, you know, see how your, how your, um, business, virtual business is doing. Right. Uh, you know, metrics, traffic, uh, products being bought, sold, what is popular, what is not popular. Um, none of that exists. None of that has been formalized. There's sure. no protocol for it, right? And that's and that's kind of a huge gap in the market uh, that we could uh, that would be interesting for us to look at for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah because it, to me, like, if if I were your guys, I, I, it would be difficult to go out and try to figure out like what what games that are being deployed in Decentraland. Uh, that are causing like parcels to be sold at two or three times, three X their actual value. Because if you're just tracking the prices and you're saying like this particular section decentralized is actually being sold for higher prices than this other section. But then you have this one outlier that's being sold for five times as much. it's like, well, what's going on in that parcel for for you guys for right now, you guys don't know what, what's going on unless you actually physically spot in that parcel and say, Hey, there's this game here that's making this landowner a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And so in so from a developer standpoint, we need to figure out ways to create value just on our own with the tools that we have. And so if we can if we can get that tool from Metalith and Metalith can provide some graph and say, look, getting these games gets your parcel two or three X return on investment just by selling the parcel with the game on it. You know, that's that's very valuable for us and gives us gives you or gives us an incentive to use your technology on our stuff.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're, uh, so one of the things we also had in, in the press release was just a, um, uh, an invitation for anyone that, you know, is, is interested in this kind of stuff and actually kind of making you, there's, a, there's a wealth of data out there, right? Yeah, so yeah. all this stuff that's happening on the center, and I feel like it's completely, it's still very much underused. There's a lot more that we can get out of it that, that is not, that is not currently being done. So that's one of the things that we're, we're trying to do here. And the applications are, you know, virtually unlimited,
2: right? sure. And so, sure.
1: One very straightforward application is exactly what you just mentioned, uh, so helping, providing this insight to uh, to these virtual businesses in Decentraland on, on what, what their parts are doing, what other parts are doing, how they can, you know, maximize.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Because the, the way that we look at it is like decentralized has this very unique... Sort of um, uh, offering for for players, right? It it doesn't have like the gameplay value that a first person shooter might have, right? Um, it, it's not a it's not a a a collective world like World of Warcraft is, but instead it's more of like a world where devs it's like a a platform where developers can build anything that they want, and what we're saying is. Uh, the most successful parcels are going to be the parcels that deploy things that make a return on investment for the landowners because these lands, they're not free, yeah. right? So there's got to be ways for landowners to recover their money and then, plus, p- potentially make a profit, not just by selling the land itself. And so, if it, it's just how the real world works, essentially. Exactly. It's yeah, just yeah, if you go
3: outside, you step outside your door, and you go to any commercial exactly. area. Exactly. Everyone's trying to take your money somehow, exactly. one way or another. Nobody's yeah. nobody's giving out free pizzas. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: exactly. It, it's <laughs> yeah. just like the movie um, Ready Player One. You, yeah. you walk outside, there's ads all over the place. Mm-hmm. Every like you're saying, everybody's trying to take your money. And I think, as you know, it sounds ugly saying that, right? It does. That's that's not the world that I would hope to be in. It's, true. it's not. A, it's not the game world that I I, I want to create. Unless
3: Decentraland passed out, like, a UBI program yeah, There you or go, That's yeah. the only way we could. <laughs> if it could be a free market, you know, uh, things are going to cost. You yeah. Know I
0: mean? and, and so, ultimately, we're saying, I think the most valuable things that are going to be successful in Decentraland are things that provide that ROI. Mm-hmm. And so, once we can, like, tools like you guys, like Metalith, once we can leverage those tools, we can actually support, like, the whole ecosystem by creating and leveraging each other's APIs. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I really like what you guys are doing.
3: I guess leading into that, have you, you guys personally, have you guys heard any pushback or anything, or from Decentraland themselves? Uh, no,
1: uh, we're actually in, in close touch with uh, Decentraland, and I think um, um, there may uh, w- there may be um, a, 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 some a, a number of future projects that we're going to uh, come up with uh, together. Mm. Um, so I think Decentraland, their interest is in. Uh, building a system that can basically survive itself Mm. over the coming years, right? Like the idea has always been to be completely decentralized. Uh, They recently tabled a bunch of new votes on the Agora, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. where everyone's voting, um, which are about, you know, giving more voting power to people, giving voting power to landowners, um, not just people who have mana, but also land. Um, And just generally setting up a, you know, self-governing world that doesn't require any central bodies to you know, make it work. Sure. And so one of the things they're very interested in is also again, like this data aspect. Um, they in the ideal future won't be running it themselves because it's an obvious point of centralization, right? And so they're trying to encourage and, and spread out the efforts in this space and that their response has been very, supportive and enthusiastic to, to what we've done. Excellent. Uh, so nice. Yeah, we're going to be working closely with them uh, going forward. I think it's going to be. Very interesting. Yeah.
0: So how do you know when to add another asset to MetaLith, like uh, any other NFT besides the the land token?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. So one of the things we've been kind of trying to do is is formulate an approach to, you know, what NFTs do we um, include and what which ones don't we include? And, you know, overall um the most important the not the most important, but one of the things that I would really like to have is like not just a metric for how well land is doing, not just a metric for how well CryptoKitties are doing, not just a metric for how gods and chain are doing, mm-hmm. but how is the nFT industry doing overall right and there we're talking about an index on top of all these project yeah. indexes right yeah, yeah, and so that's that's a pretty big um plan obviously it's not going to happen very soon but it does kind of imply that we would like to cover the the most essential projects out there right and then summarize again that performance into one general metric so people have somewhere to go to uh maybe not investors or or, uh consumers but researchers at the very least um a place where they can go and say okay so how have nfts fared overall Mm -hmm. like how how are you going to do that right now how, how can you summarize the performance? You can't, you can't right? <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's, like, it, it's, it's, it's not a vicious circle, but the fact that everything is so unique yeah. makes it incredibly hard to keep track of, of the thing overall, right? Because the whole point is everything's unique. Everything is, has its own story, its own aspect. <laughs> um, you can't summarize it. The whole, yeah, right? Like, the summarization is like discouraged by the uniqueness. Um, and so it requires a decent amount of work to, to you know, to, to to find and, and develop and apply the methods to do that. So one of those things that we really would like to do is to have that ultimate uh, index. And and it it, 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 it you know the um, the question is how do we go about this? Like do we um, focus only on decentral in the short term, mm-hmm. which is you know, or or home project kind of right? Um, do we start including these other virtual worlds soon? Uh, like a vertical kind of expansion in sure. the same category or do we do this horizontal expansion where we build the index for various projects that are maybe completely unrelated and see what the update is on each of them right um the advantage also on the horizontal approach is that you get a much much better picture overall even if we don't have that, that main index uh if we build like an index for let's say, and Pain, 50 and, and tenter, and you have a pretty good view of how each of these are doing like right? trading card game uh, breeding game, kind of, and then the virtual world. It's a pretty, I think that's a pretty good summary of what there is out there in the space. Sure,
2: right sure, sure.
1: Um, so, and we're still very much formulating how we want to, how we want to do that. You know, part of it is probably, probably demand, like what, what do people want to see? Um, part of it is how easy we can extend our current technical stack to these other projects, because again, every project requires a decent amount of customization. Sure. Right? So you need to Identify patterns that you can reapply every time to different projects. Um, so I don't have a clear-cut answer to it. It's very much a, a work in, uh, in progress. So we're very open to, you know, that's one of the things that why we're, why we're out there on, on Twitter and Discord and, and the PR the press release, et cetera, is we want people's feedback. We kind of need people's feedback. Right? Sure. We need to keep, or we need to, we need that market pulse to see where people need it. Yeah, the, most- the,
0: the, the one thing that uh, I'm starting to realize now is that there's probably a whole bunch of NFTs that, that we've all t- collectively never heard of, right? And they could be the next big NFT thing, right? And so do you see yourself as uh, a place where, let's say, like Iman and I create an NFT um, that we would go to Metalith and like register our NFT game? And, uh, or is this something that you guys have to basically discover and implement yourselves? that that we exist
1: um, i do, i definitely don't think at this point that we want to cover the market 100% right okay. i think if if you if you look at it from, from let's say the traditional index approach is yeah. even the s&p right is 500 companies max right sure, at right. some sure. point the, the marginal contribution of adding another project is just not is just it's not worth less than, it less than 1% right sure. it's just not worth it so I think that's very much a similar approach to this. But the interesting thing is, if you want to get to that uh, point where you can say adding this other project is going to contribute less than 1%, um, it kind of means that we need an idea of the market cap of each project. But mm-hmm. guess what? That, that's another thing that we're kind of missing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, much, how much money is, you know, how much active money is in a project? Across all these that NFTs isn't.
3: Cameras? That's not being tracked. Like, there's no number, like a total sales. Nothing gets yeah, like, disclosed. What's the market crap of uh, crypto uh, Like, nobody knows.
1: Right. So, so, yeah. so, you need that. You need to know. So, what we want to know is how much money is in all the NFTs issued by a part, or all the actively traded NFTs issued by a particular project, right? Yeah. But we don't. You don't. It's very hard to do because, again, every all- asset is unique. So yeah. every ethic has its own value. So you're mm. going to have to calculate this. If you want, want to do properly, you're going to have to calculate it for every single NFT, right? Mm. And then add it together and say, okay, this is the estimated value, right? True. So yeah. until now, it's been really hard. Again, this is a thing that we can use the um or models for because we have to predict prices anyway to build the index. We can reapply those models to actually just run a script, kind of calculate it for every single parcel or every single tradable parcel on Decentraland. Add those numbers together and say, okay, this is the actual market cap, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, um, uh, OpenSea, uh, has, has an approximation, uh, for market cap, but I think it's based on the last trade
2: Yeah. Five. Transaction, um, volume probably.
1: I, I think there were a bunch of other assumptions made as well, which I think are very fair assumptions for, um, for, for their purposes, but I think there's a, a lot that can be improved, uh, there. And so we're definitely—that's definitely something we want to go after as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving this literally having a ranking of NFT projects in terms of market yeah,
2: cap, right? Yeah.
1: So it's not going to be a traditional definition of market cap. We're definitely going to have to get creative, uh, but it's a—it's a metric that's needed. It's a metric that will exist in the future, regardless of whether Metaverse does it or not. So you know, why don't we just get on it uh, right away? And then that market cap metric by itself is going to open up a lot of. Uh, new things that, that, that you can do, right? Yeah. Um, so all of these things, like, I think the general point is is that it's so early on in these NFT markets. Um, They're so primitive, in yeah. a way, and there's so much that can be done yeah. that hasn't been built yet, right? And that's really one of the reasons why Methodist exists, because there's this massive opportunity out there to just, you know, yeah. uh, make these markets better. Uh, and that's that's what we're, yeah. That's what yeah, we're I imagine,
3: imagine what, What's going on right now is very similar to what happened probably like in 2010, 2011 in the Bitcoin cryptocurrency yeah. space, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just It's just a matter of the market evolving and maturing itself. And you guys are definitely a big integral part of that, I think.
1: Yeah, so that's actually a thing that Mark and I did uh, recently. So um, we took the timeline, right, for how crypto developed yeah. between, let's say, 2011, 2019, right? Yeah. Um, and then we kind of like tried to reapply that timeline to NFTs. So NFTs... Um, I mean before Ethereum they already existed on, on counterparty, right? But let's let's take Ethereum as a starting point. That was twenty seventeen, right? right? So two years, two thousand seventeen to two thousand nineteen, if you um uh apply that to the original crypto development, that means going from two thousand eleven to two thousand thirteen, not that much happened in those two years, right? You had your your your, your, your bull market and your bear market, and some early early moves and shakers, right? But the market, I don't think, was all that different. It was probably a little busier, and it was it was busy in terms of volume for sure, versus 2011. But it was still a very extremely young market, right? Mm-hmm. So if you apply that timeline to NFTs, um, we honestly, personally, we don't think we're going to get to. Um, the, the the big markets that were that we've kind of seen in crypto since 2015, 2016, before uh, 2022, 2023, NFTs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So this is this is a long runway that we have. There's a long way to go. Like, there's nothing that says that the timeline for NFTs is the same length, you know, as as, as crypto. But I think it's probably a pretty good approximation if you want to get a general idea. Mm-hmm. So we're we're at the doorstep of 2020, like yeah, it's the early days. Early yeah,
2: days. Does awesome.
0: your, does, um, MetaVentures, do they allow you like the flexibility to choose like where you want to take the company or are they a little bit more hands-on?
1: Um, no, actually they've been extremely supportive and they have given us a lot of uh, room to operate for ourselves. So okay, good. It's more, it's more like we seek them out because they're, they're really, they're very solid. Uh, and they have a lot of people with a lot of experience across different, uh, Industries, and so they have been a, a fantastic resource for us to uh, to build and to plan and to strategize.
0: Okay, uh, good, good. Yeah, because I was thinking uh, with with uh, if you extrapolate like Decentraland and you give it enough time, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot less parcel selling and a lot more content creation and in an economy on top of the parcels, right? And yeah. so I think I think the content on top of Decentraland is going to really dictate. The value that, uh, on a given parcel, uh, but you know that's going to take a lot of time and a uh, bunch of developers, you know, in in the game. So, uh, so we there's like there's we recognize there's a huge opportunity, and and that's why we like you know what you guys are doing and and how we're contributing with like the little games that we're creating in in Decentraland is that you know we're all participating in this like brand new market that nobody really knows like what's yeah. going to happen.
1: It's the frontier, right? It's yeah,
0: like- this is the edge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, very edge. And if you think about it, right, in, in terms of, of uh, what you mentioned about, um, the content of these parcels. So right now people are kind of, people are deploying, um, uh, like ready-made assets that are not NFT themselves right. to these, to this land, right? But in the longer term, I think you already kind of see this with the wearables that they've been putting out in yep. the center, like the Halloween masks and stuff like yep. this, right? Um, we, we can start tracking, tracking that. And I think that, over time you're also going to see tokenized furniture, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like, you know, just an asset you buy. You can let's just imagine like a supermarket in in this in the virtual world where you go and you literally buy this NFT and then you teleport it to yep. your parcel, right? So yep. it kind of like you start mixing all these different interfaces you have right now into one, which, you know, again brings us very close to what you meant, for example, ready player one, is in the end a huge mix of interface. Right? So yeah. right now we have on the computer we have the builder, and then you know, turning this it. but at, at some point, I think the ultimate execution of all of that activity would happen in one portal, in one on one platform. Right? Yes, yes. So once you have that tokenized furniture, that also enables you know that's also stuff we can track again on on the blockchain, right? So you can so again tracking those daily daily interactions is hard. But at the very least, you can check where the furniture is going, what furniture is popular, on what coordinates. Like, is there a particular area in the center where a particular type of furniture is more popular than in other places? That's all super interesting information for mm-hmm. people that produce uh the furniture, for people making content like, like you guys, like what furniture, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. there's a type of furniture that is more popular than other furniture that's going to bring more people to your parcel, etc., etc.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, you know, everything that comes along. Well, One of the things that is just this, this, this really exciting is that, and it sounds like it sounds like um like a like a like a platitude. like it sounds like a basic thing. But the act of building a world um is something so huge, right? So vast that yeah. it's very hard to comprehend what you're getting yourself into when yeah. you first start, right? Like Absolutely. at every turn, at every corner, at every decision, at every insight, at everything you see. There's an entire new spectrum of possibilities that opens up, I and mean, this is kind of like infinite because it's virtual. You right. Know, this is anything you want, right? And so, so for me, and I think for most of us, it's like a never ending stimulus, right? The like yeah. brain is like con- continuously stimulated and just all these rabbit holes that you can mm-hmm. go down. To. Um, that's the, yeah, that's, the that's analogy
0: that we use a lot is, uh, like each parcel is like, um, it's like a real estate let's say think of your phone like your the your 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 iphone for example and there's uh you know 18 apps on there um we think each parcel is going to be like its own uh place where apps are running within that parcel and so we think in the future there's going to be like hey you know this game is has a much better roi than the current game that i've deployed on my on my land i'm just going to delete my current app, download that new app, and therefore I'm getting that new ROI. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to be that dynamic
2: of a world.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, so one of the things, so one of the, the things that just makes it, in a way, so much better than the real world is if you would have, like, a real house. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and the next day you decide, like, you want to do something completely different. That's...
4: Yeah, you could do you, that. You know, can't do Well, do you can't do that right? in the real world. War. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It's a huge pain and the the strength, is, yeah, I don't know, the beauty or whatever you want to call it of this digital stuff is that the next day it's gone and the next day there's something completely different, you know, That's the, right. there's, there's such a, the speed is just insane, you know, it's, it's, it's similar to what, how the internet kind of revolutionized. Um, I think there's so many things.
0: Uh, commerce e-commerce yeah,
1: like e-commerce. you can't
0: like you on, on the, with uh, e-commerce you can sell pretty much anything you you can't like you can think of on the internet yeah. but if you have a physical store you can only sell what fits in the store
2: exactly
0: right
1: yeah. it's just like it's just like exponential improvement and I think um, yeah when we talk about world building we're pretty much at the same precipice right at the same, same point where it's just um, it's going to explode and, and go We don't know exactly when it's going to explode. Maybe, you know, VR is still not ready to take off. Right, right. But I think I'm just really happy to be here at this, you know, point in time, honestly. Like we said, we're at the end. Dude,
0: I I say that all the time. Yeah, Uh, it's crazy that you get an
3: opportunity to get on something with this much potential at the ground level. Yes. It's pretty insane.
0: It's like we missed the boat, like, during the internet (laughs) when it was being created, like... We were were all too young to like participate in that world, but Mm -hmm. we got a new world and obviously we're all taking advantage of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so yeah, so it's been about an hour. I don't want to take any more of your time. I really, really appreciate you guys. It's been an extremely fun interview. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm
3: glad we all share the same passion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That
3: kind of, that like makes me, what's the word? Hopeful? Hopefully. Give me a little hopium yeah. that, you know, exactly the, that yeah. the, uh, the ecosystem is going to grow. That you got smart people like you guys working on things. Absolutely. You know, it's at certain moments when you look at the Discord, it, sometimes it appears like a ghost town, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but there's actually hard work being done like yes. behind the scenes that absolutely. we can't really see, right? Absolutely. And that's good to know.
0: So, uh, Thank we, you, very much. Thanks for us. you know, yeah. absolutely. We hope to have you guys back on. And next time we're just going to have Mark on so we can do a little bit more talking. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, so we really appreciate it.
1: Sure yeah thank you very much it was It was great. I look forward to to being back. I think we're gonna have some a decent amount of
5: news uh soon, so
0: yeah, absolutely whenever yeah, you have like new stuff I w- go ahead
5: actually, actually, I would personally like to know about uh, like how you guys think about like what kind of content do you guys think can make money on the center land
2: Oh, yeah, Is sure for
5: me I'm a game developer right mm-hmm. uh I'm not sure whether. Deploying a game on iOS would be more profitable, or building a game on the central land makes me more money uh, long term. You know, because in the central land, the space are kind of limited, so sure. yeah, can 100%. Serve, like two thousand or three thousand people at a time. Before for a game on iOS, maybe even uh, hundred thousand people playing on the same game. Sure, and these hundred thousand people are willing to pay zero point ninety nine dollars, right? Yeah, um, so. I'm not sure, so that is something that I keep asking myself. And if building a game is not profitable on the central land, then is building a rewarding social experience gonna be the, the 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 main source of income for all the builders on this virtual world? So that is, that uh, is I think let's leave this in uh, another. No, that uh, that's
3: something. actually like a critical question that you're thinking, you're it, pondering, it you know. It is absolutely we, critical. That's the, we're always talking about. We're, stuff yeah, like we're that. always talking.
0: And and yeah, let's let let me answer that, Mark. I think uh, the way that we look at it is, uh, you're absolutely right. Why yeah. would you create a game for Decentraland, which doesn't have the exposure, it doesn't have like uh, the notoriety that you would create with an iPhone application? And I think it comes down to this: like, if you give an engineer these limitations, like. This, uh, you know, build me a house that's, you know, a 10 by 10 that doesn't, that, you know, you have a height limit and all this stuff is like, okay, you build me a house and that engineer will build you that house with those limitations. So then you, you look at Decentraland and it has all these built-in limitations, right? Your parcel is only 16 by 16 meters. Um, it can go up to 20 meters in height or whatever it is. And let's see what you can create with these limitations. And I'm going to add one more limitation that says, all right, whatever you create, It has to make money. And so what we did is we created a game called The Block Runner, right? Mm. And uh, it's a game where every time you jump these blocks, the, the leader in those block jumping, in this block jumping game, ends up winning mana. And so we incentivize people to come back to play this game so that they're the daily leader in this game so that they are earning mana by returning and playing this game. Now, this is not a first-person shooter. It's not a, it's not a, a you know, physics game that you can find on the iOS, yeah. but it fits within the limitations of Decentraland and with our ability to develop it as well. So that's why we built it, and that's why we think ROI games like this one has a huge potential in Decentraland because I think that's the only way that we can sustain an economy. 'Cause otherwise just selling parcels and, and selling like um just things that don't inter you don't you can't interact into Decentraland, like it has very limited replayability. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to bring into this space is like that replayability factor, the ROI factor. And that's kind of why, you know, we we did what we did.
4: Yeah.
3: And it's it's sort of like <clears throat> I guess you have two options. Yeah. You can either create like a really addictive game with like an awesome game experience. Uh, but like you said, it's kind of limited because the land costs a lot of money yeah. in these situations. So there's so much, you have to go vertical in this world. Or the second option is like what Will just said, you have to incentivize people to come back, log in every single day and either water some type of, you know, element within the game that that gives them a, an end game reward. That's right. That's right. You know, and that's the best way I can explain it yeah. right now, potentially. Exactly.
1: Actually, speaking of, speaking of rewards, um, there's, there's this like concept I've had in mind for, for quite a while, which is very, very simple. But I think again, like, it taps, is very close to what you were saying about, uh, centralization. Um, airdrop, right? Mm. I think and, you know, pe- people love airdrop because it's, it's free money, right? <laughs> yeah. So,
3: Passive income is
2: like
1: yeah, the best right? word ever. So let's, yeah. you can actually gamify that pretty easily. So this, yeah. this vision I have in mind, right? It's a fountain. Let's say a Binance fountain. And it's literally, just, like it has like these coins coming out of it. Oh yeah! When you, when you catch when you catch like these coins, when you catch them, you get an actual like it's an actual airdrop, like it's, sure. it's, it's an extra transfer to your account, right? Yeah. It's I'm not sure what the what the exchange would get out of it, but people would love it because all you have to do is like it's, it's stand there and like jump up and down after the coins, and yeah. you get actual like stuff. It's like, like the, it's like the
0: account. game in Call of Duty. Like whenever you get like five kills in a row, there's like an airdrop that comes down, and you have to go after it yeah oh care package
1: a
4: care package yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a very so because I, I think there is one exchange that has been that has parcels in the center i don't know if it was bitfax or another one um for for, oh, for who, will who will be
5: oh, oh was it
1: we'll the, be. Remember? Mm-hmm. okay i thought BitFlex was there too that's a very easy way for them to engage or to attract like people to their parcels right uh, I don't know what their actual like how they would if they would have like a, um, an actual an exchange like, like a physical one uh, on there but this this like simple gamification of airdrops um, could affect like a decent amount of, of traffic oh right? absolutely so like, exclusive to fund or another world yeah I don't know like there's so much that you can do
3: yeah it's really yeah you really gotta dig deep into <laughs> that, that creative box yeah. to figure yeah. out this, you know it's it's not an easy problem but it's it's super rewarding like you said, the yeah. The, if you like to be creative, like, come on, yeah. It's this is it's, the place to be. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh, Mark, that that answers your question. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So again, thank you. Let's let's stay in touch. We want to have you guys back on because this, um, you know, this stuff is very interesting, and I know everything is like constantly changing. So yeah, we'd love to have you back on, and uh, thank <laughs> you for joining us.
1: Chris thank you for for having us looking forward to it. All yeah, right.
0: man. and good luck on everything good in one. the future you guys
1: for sure yeah me too thank you
0: all right all right
1: Have a good one clap it out
0: <laughs> Hello, I'm back all right, so I just sent them a message thanking um uh, joel and and mark for uh joining us uh so I joined their discord there's uh there's some good stuff going on there, and uh oh, this is their discord yeah this is their discord n s yeah. Nice. yeah. So so, what do you think, man?
3: uh yeah, man these these guys are uh they're onto something for sure, oh, just they're reiterating what we already kind of know in a yeah. way, like there's so much that needs to be done, yes, <laughs> in order to make like this essential ecosystem like viable, yeah you know what I mean, and everyone knows that, I mean, <clears throat> but do they know exactly? Like, can they piece the puzzles, like, pe- you know, piece the puzzles together correctly, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, I, I wonder... I
3: think he nailed it by, like, you know, when we got into that discussion about how, like, the whole NFT space is, like, is literally, like, early crypto. Yeah. Like, back then, Mt. Gox was, like, the godsend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, like, finally... Yeah, because uh, Mount
0: Gox was the only way you can liquidate your crypto. Exactly. Before
3: like, that, it was, like, hey, bro, like... Like, do you
0: man, want... did you do Do you it? want <laughs> these Bitcoins? Like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So... What's a Bitcoin? Well, the people <laughs> like,
3: who, they were just like mostly miners, right, at the time before Mount Gox. It's true. Because there was like no way to speculate on the thing, I guess, yeah. and, and just like start trading. So that yeah, because was because like you
0: couldn't pay team. your bills with, with uh, Bitcoin. So then all you how could would do is they...
3: like buy pizzas and waste, you know, potentially millions of dollars, which is what some people did.
0: Well, the only way you can <laughs> buy pizza is if somebody wanted the Bitcoin and then bought pizza for you. Oh, is that how it went down? Yeah, like yeah. Like the
3: guy who lost, he spent like fifteen thousand yeah. bitcoins or something like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, it was a post on uh dot uh, org. It says, "Hey, does can anybody buy me some pizza? I will give you ten thousand bitcoin. <laughs> Holy shit, that's crazy." And somebody, somebody took the offer. Yeah,
3: I wonder if he held on to that. You know, the buyer, not the, obviously not the seller. But that's my point. Like that was their big breakthrough moment for cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, right now the NFT market is like looking, I mean, we've got OpenSea, so there's a place to trade it, but there's, you know, whenever you're getting into investing in cryptocurrencies, you got multiple tools. You know, most people have like 20 browsers open at the same time when they're, yeah. they're trying to evaluate these things. Right. Cause there's yeah. so many tools these days, but for NFTs, it's probably like right now it's like OpenSea and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. You know what I mean, so and
0: that's, and that's very limited information too. It's like, yeah, you can sell a, a God's Unchained card for $120,000, but yeah. that doesn't really tell you how well God's Unchained is doing. True. Right. That, that could be just some fanboy who happened to have $120,000 to, like, burn. Yeah,
3: and or somebody that's who, like, fat-fingered it, like, yeah. put in the wrong, like... Yeah, you know, it was, like, too many zeros. It's like, shit!
0: It's like, I wanted to buy that for $12.
3: Exactly. <laughs> you don't really know.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, all this is important stuff, man. Like, in, Yeah, he laid it out pretty good. Very good. I can see why he got seed investment, you know, if I was an investor and he told me all this, I'm
4: like, man. Oh, for
0: sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So this part was cool. I didn't realize that these, I I didn't really like notice this, but these zones um, (coughs) is, this is the entire map of Decentraland and these zones.
3: Yeah. It makes sense now that we talked about it. Yeah. He should probably add like a, its own like tab. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think so too. It should be like its own section.
0: Yeah. Uh, That way it's a little more intuitive. Like, so we're, we're, we're in the center. Like our, our parcels uh, are in the center.
3: Yeah, I think so. One is like next to Crypto, what's it called?
0: Crypto uh, Valley. One, crypto, is
3: one is like right next to Crypto Valley. Crypto Valley. And the yeah. other one's literally like Main Street. Yeah. So I think they're both in five. And I, five. I
0: noticed like the, the three month performance is plus 46%.
3: Yeah, but then look at the one month. What the fuck happened, dude? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that is
0: one hell of a swing. Holy yeah, shit. It is. Uh, so, total marketplace at launch is at 60%. So, it's definitely, um, this, this tool is so much, so, so needed. So, basically, uh, I pretty much, like, bought the top of this shit. Because I bought,
3: like, a year ago, <laughs> basically. was it? No, you bought, like, it, like June, July. Say so let's go back. Okay, like, six months ago then?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, June. Or, actually, March, April. It was probably April.
3: As we started the podcast in March, it's
0: like May, May, it's like May, May, oh, time May or June. Let's just call it June. Damn yeah, it. because we were, we were in the, uh, in the competition, right? And I think it was like in June or
3: July. No, nah, I was like in September or something like that.
0: Damn, I don't remember now.
3: Yeah. Fuck it. Whatever. The point is I've lost quite a bit of, uh, <laughs> of equity in my land, but it's all right. I'm holding out. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, like I said, I think if you extrapolate, I think the central land is going to really be about the content on the land, not necessarily where the land is located.
3: Well, because like, like what he pointed out, as of up to right now, everyone has been speculating these central plaza locations are going to be the high value, just just out of speculation because, you know, historically things in like downtown are higher valued, right? So then, right. But right. he's saying, and I kind of agree with him, I don't think once the... the the world matures and like people stop spawning in the middle and yeah. everyone knows where they need to go. Things like DCL plazas is like mainstream and they like, they could look up things. Yeah. They're like, Hey, I want to go shopping. I heard there's this cool store, like in this thing called the central land. I can go buy my Gucci, whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're going go to go <laughs> straight to DCL plazas.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Rio Rio. He's the one who connected us to the the metalist guys.
3: Yeah, man. Rio Rio's our boy for sure.
0: Yeah. But, uh,
3: yeah, see, I could see, like, some, you know, at the beginning, there's going to be a ton of noobs. So, they're going to want to spawn in the middle and explore. I get that. Yeah. I'll probably do the same thing myself. But that's only going to last, like, a couple, maybe a few days, maybe a week at yeah. most. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, I've seen everything. Now, I want to go, like, find specific things to do. Yeah, for sure. And, like, we need, like, a, what's, what's that called? Like, an... Itinerary? I don't fucking know. Like a fucking yellow pages, essentially.
0: Yeah, a breakdown of like activities.
3: Yeah, that's like sorted, maybe like based on. And
0: in our opinion, again, it's like I want to do the activities that have some kind of ROI.
3: Well, not for the user. The user just cares about like what's what's fun, or can I make some cool NFT purchases at this location, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so they're gonna need to find that. But when you buy an NFT, like, what's the purpose of buying an NFT? Just to own it. It's, yeah, like, it's yeah. like buying a,
3: a rare Pokemon card, you know? I have a friend who's literally collecting all 150 Pokemons. Like the original? The originals, the OG ones. It's like today. So like, they're expensive. Like the first edition ones? Because those yeah. are. Damn. Like, and he's got like 147 of them. Like, I think he has like the most expensive ones left. He probably has to like, oh, shit. Wow. like liquidate his 401k to get those motherfuckers or something. But once he gets them, he just wants to put them on the wall, like a big poster. Yeah, oh, yeah, same concept, dude. You people yeah, are just buying to show NFTs, and they're just gonna want to flex on
0: people, you know, <laughs> just to show
3: off. Like, look what I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's as simple as that, man. Oh, look at that Gothic Gothic Church. Gothic Gothic Church.
0: So we're looking at plazas dot com. Yeah, and we're looking to see like all the new stuff that that's been added. But been a this lot is more new stuff. This is how I think metalist should work, where it's user generated input, and meaning
3: like like which one's the list or what? Yeah, like. Because like NFTs are important.
0: Because I, wh- I see what I see. What is saying is that it's it, they want to be more like the S and P 500, where yeah. it's uh, like the type, top 500 NFT. Well, it's like it's like
3: relevant. If, like if an investor is trying to buy, I guess like an index for you know some people are a little too they don't want to invest in like an individual company because that's a little too risky for them. Yeah, they want to maybe invest on like a, a sector as a whole. So sure, sure. you, you really got to like work your ass off to kind of like, you know, represent that sector. Like if you want to invest in precious metals, you know, I think there's like indexes that have like the best mining companies and stuff like that in them and actual gold itself within the index. And then they just right. invest in that, like an ETF. Right, right, right. So, but that's what I want, like if they create these indexes and then people start selling like... ETFs and stuff based on these indexes? Do they get a cut of that? I should have asked him that. Like, does he yeah, anticipate that? Because I have no idea how indexes make money, but he, he laid out like a pretty brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah. How he himself can
0: like, like he know, could have capitalized on he, this information. He could have like a fund yeah. dedicated to purchasing land to to actually provide the liquidity, the liquidity yeah, like in the someone, market. Like
3: someone like me, I've always been like, like, dude, what if one day I need to someone? I don't think I ever yeah. will, but it's like, I know it was gonna take a few months, probably. Yeah, to get for sure, out. for sure. And it's like, fuck, dude, that sucks. I'm like locked in, but which is good. I'm happy right now. You know, like, yeah, I'm a little bit sweaty. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but in the future, I hope this thing really takes off, so I don't ever regret it. But I don't think I will. Right. But in case I did, and I know a lot of people probably are, they're like, I want out. How do you like right yeah, now? It's how tough, do you do dude. that? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess in in his scenario, it was like they just they take whatever probably. it's, like, it's kind of like those guys that have those. We'll buy junk houses signs like all over the place.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So he's got like assets on his books, I guess, property. And then they just they have to do the hard, you know, liquidation work, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because they have all the the data and the metrics. And the other thing that uh, that's a really good monetization strategy is delaying like the data by, you know, a couple of weeks. And then yeah, I,
3: did, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. And so they charge like you know, like a, a trading firm or something like a premium for them to have access to that data? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, data's super valuable, man. Yeah, it is. That's like, how, like, that's like like how you Yang, run a business like, is the data. Like everyone keeps saying data is the new oil. Dude. It really is. Andrew Yang, man. Was that Andrew Yang? That's Andrew Yang. Motherfucking math hat, boys. <laughs> 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 Andrew Yang's never wrong, except for... He's never wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he's wrong on some things, but. Yeah. You no, know, he's not more on, right than Not right. on the
0: data. Yeah. But yeah, man. No, this is this good stuff. And like Metalith, they're, they're definitely ahead of the game, especially now that they have like this infrastructure that they can build on. Yeah. Like people are going to be using this a whole lot.
3: Fuck yeah. Dude, like I said, it's, it's, they're, they're tools, man. Tools are invaluable. It's just like, like how does CoinMarketCap make money? Yeah, but that's a a tool everybody uses, right? Yeah, and all it literally does is just.
0: Uh, that's true. I'm sure they offer a bunch of APIs, and like if you have if you build some kind of app, um, I wonder
3: if you have to pay money to get listed on
0: there. I don't think so. Don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so.
3: Okay. Either way, this was good shit. We needed like to talk about decentraland. It's been a while. Yeah. Since we actually like got deep into DCO. You know, right now they're holding a. Uh, Another contest. Oh yeah, for, the, uh, the
0: contest is ending tonight at eleven p.m. Central. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's ending.
3: And our boy Maddie's one of the
0: judges for yep. sure. So we're gonna yep. let
3: him do his thing. You know, if if anyone's got clout in this space, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking crazy, dude. Everybody knows Maddie, dude. Yeah, for real. It's man. like, <laughs> and then we met Maddie.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> like everything takes off from there. Yeah. That's if you
0: crazy. if you this is the first time you're listening, yeah, we got into Decentraland because we interviewed Maddie, and this is before we were actually doing mm-hmm. videos. Yeah, that? oh yeah, and I, um, yeah.
3: I think he was our first attempt, but it turned out terrible. Yeah, I think like something. I think uh, well, your computer ran out of hard drive space, like <laughs> halfway through, or something. So we never got a chance to upload the the video we that, got. That's right, that's right. We didn't even have like a hot and spicy camera either, do we? Had, like, yeah, we didn't. We had like trash this potato webcam. cam. <laughs> 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 but regardless, it was still a good interview. Yeah, like he's the one who got us all hyped, and like he
0: literally. He painted like the he, picture for us because there was nothing you can do. There's nothing to look at in Disinterland. Yeah.
3: At the moment, we were just like interested because it sounded cool. Yeah. And then we did that interview, and then that's got Oscar, our developer, interested too. That's right. he, he watched and he's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. You know, he, the light went off in his head too, and he's like, "I'm in." Yeah. You didn't even have to ask. He yeah, we didn't ask him. Yeah, like his
0: background too <laughs> is like he started in video games. He, yeah. He built games in the Android platform. Yeah, and then he uh, then he saw this. Is like, dude, I'm so in.
3: I like came over here one day, and he's like playing like the block runner. Like, what's that, dude? He's yeah. like, I made it. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's like in Land. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Dude, this guy's crazy. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and again, it's like uh, we really do believe that it's the ROI that's going to get people to come back. I I would like to be wrong on that. I want to see like yeah, other activities it, that yeah. that re, that lend to that uh, replayability that has no ROI. It's just like fun to play. Uh but that's yet to be seen. For the most part.
3: Yeah, I can imagine like things like these, these churches, these religious st- structures that are going up. They're gonna yeah. if they successfully somehow garner like an audience and people are logging in and, like every week for different messages, yeah. that's there's no ROI being unless they accept donations. But which that, they will that traffic is still valuable to everything surrounding it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: think about it if you're a church and you can accept donations from everybody around the planet.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat>
0: makes sense right yeah
3: but who knows I mean, regardless of the the money like it's going to bring a lot of people in and that has like a cascading effect throughout the whole yeah, world yeah. and that's the beauty of it you know so we'll see what happens
0: so yeah man i like i like DCL. um guy who man we should ask them like who we should interview next cuz i'm sure these guys are connected to other people that are we should, interesting we should folks.
3: reach out to the motherfucking the, the head honchos
0: dude uh, the godfathers had, of DCL. Oh, DCL? Yeah, we should do we that. We should. Yeah.
2: Well, why not? Yeah.
0: <laughs> we can get Ari on here or... Yeah, somebody. Maybe Toon Punk?
3: That's what's up. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, All
0: right, well, <coughs> I think that was... That's it. Uh, we I do want these guys back on because uh, there's so much more to talk about. I mean, we focus on Metalith just because it's like the most interesting thing at the moment. And uh, But, man, there's like... I want to get their opinions on, like, everything that's going on in the crypto space.
3: Yeah, and this, like, interests us personally because this is, like, a third-party thing. Yeah. Being built on top of the ecosystem. Yeah, for which sure. Which is, like, that's why I asked them, like, have you seen any pushback from DCL? Because we don't know if, if they're, you know, real receptive to the ideas like this. Like, how decentralized do they want to get? Do they want, like, yeah. third-party uh contributions? Or do they want to, like, you know, kind of, like, control and dominate the the narrative of the ecosystem like what do they want yeah. i was curious like is if anyone's gonna have like mass data of like what's going yeah, on yeah it's, gonna be, it's gonna be them yeah so i'm like i'm wondering if they're like hey guys like i like what you're doing but but you we're, know gonna, what? We're, we're gonna do that. this too <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like yeah have fun while you can it's like yeah. <laughs> once we come out with our version you're, yeah your app i don't know but they, apparently they're they're super supportive so that's good news
0: yeah as it should be. I mean, Decentraland can't build everything. Yeah, they can't. Nor should it's they. Possi- yeah, they shouldn't. And uh, and if you're going to be building a a world, let that world you know populate itself with the yeah. tools that the world needs and, when and, when it needs and, it.
3: And ultimately, this isn't a, an exclusive Decentraland product. They're going to incorporate NFTs and other metaverses. So yeah, you
0: know. Yeah, it was, it was it was interesting that they chose Decentraland. I mean, it's like the
3: number two dap in the world or something right now as far as like activity. I guess it's not that shocking. Yeah. Right. Number one is something else. Yeah. I don't know. There's a listing out there somewhere that lists like all the daps. It it changes a lot, but DCL is always like top 10.
0: Yeah. I saw another article where mana is like one of the preferred cryptocurrencies right next to like Ethereum. What? Mana. In what what aspect? In like value in, in terms of like, you know, if you hold $150 worth of mana, like that's like you're, it's like holding, you know, one ETH. So it's it has it this, doesn't like it has the same integrity, right? It has like the same usefulness.
3: Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, I mean, because there's a. Application for well, yeah, know? there's an, you know, an, an <laughs> it's like a legitimate currency at this point, an cannot, emerging you, economy. Yeah, you can't do anything in Decentraland without it. Yeah, that's right. There's not a lot of DAP or currencies that actually have any use right now. Yeah, they're just like sitting on the sidelines, like waiting for you know Amazon to be like, all right, boys, you could <laughs> buy and sell our goods now with your cryptocurrency. Yeah, which is probably not going to happen for a lot of those projects.
0: Yeah, and another thing is like Decentraland needs to focus on is like getting more developers, like actual devs have like, that are creative. Like, try to build things that. Um,
3: well, they're they're doing that with these creator contests and stuff. They're, you know.
0: Yeah, but for the, for like, I mean, you can build games, but like, if it's a game where people play once and like that's it. Yeah, it's just it's hard. No, for
3: Mark Mark brought like Mark brought up that that was the last question he asked, and that was like a serious. Yeah. Like yeah, game no, that's a legitimate question, man. Exactly,
0: that's a legitimate question.
3: And, and, and I'm glad he asked it, and he even showed like like his him. He's like, I'm a game developer, but game developer, but it's like I have yeah these I have, two options. Yeah, right? I have
0: access to potentially millions of downloads, An app store
3: like billions of people who are looking at my creations. Yeah, or do I like take this huge risk and gamble? You know.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like okay, yeah. There's not a whole lot of people in Decentraland at the moment but we're we're all betting that there will be right yeah. so that's the that's the number one thing we're betting that there will be the second thing is is with the central Land, like you have new capabilities that are not possible in other video games right the nfts yeah that's that's it ROIs,
3: it, it boils down to that like do, yeah. you, do you believe in that aspect of you know you know game, uh, gamer ownership Like, you know, like their time investment is actually being spent on something.
0: Yeah. Another thing is like, are the devs being supported with like really good documentation, really good APIs, really good SDKs? Is the is the surrounding um, space getting funded like Metalith Mm -hmm. and Artie and, uh, you know, Vegas City? Are, you know, are there, is there money being funded into this, this whole operation, the whole economy thing, mm-hmm. different aspects of the economy? Mm-hmm. That's a check. And so as a developer, you, you think about all these metrics, it's like, well, I'm going to make a bet and I'm not going to spend, you know, all of my time, all, all day developing for Decentraland when it's like still this young. Yeah. So yeah. what can I build? What's an MEP that I can build, I can deploy so I can test out my, my, uh, my thoughts on like, how people are going to take advantage of Decentraland. For sure, my for assumptions, sure. so yeah. to speak. And so then we came up with these games and we feel like those games are going to be, you know, extremely valuable. Yeah. Uh, but once, once more hands get on it, we'll, you know, we're going to test that assumption. We might be wrong too, you know, mm-hmm. it might, people might not give a damn about ROIs in Decentraland.
3: No. And they care I, about, I, like, kitties and, like... Dude, like I said, originally, uh, my idea was just, I just want to build a house and just, like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't give a fuck about money. I just wanted a cool, chill spot. I think
0: is going to be Flex City, dude.
3: Yeah, hell yeah, dude. You be Man. people, like, riding around in their, what, crypto motor yeah. cars? Yeah, you yeah. Ever yeah. Seen those? those things are ballers, fuck, yeah, dude. Yeah, They're dude. Like, they all look like... Like Ferraris and yeah, shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Dude, I bet you they going to be expensive, too, if you get, yeah. like, the first ones of those. Dude, so that's like, going to be sitting in your, like, garage...
3: Yeah, yeah. This thing—I don't even know if you can drive. Yeah, you just, can't, You won't be able to drive. But it'll be yet. sitting there,
0: and like you'll be yeah. one of the few to have those exactly. in Central right? So
3: that's the whole point. Yeah. Flex City. Dude, we should start a neighborhood and just call it Flex City. Oh, dude, <laughs> hell yeah. Hell like, yeah. I like the name of that. Trademarked. You can't or take it. Or a store. You can't, Flex you can't. You can't take it. Damn, that's a good name. I like that Flex City. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, like we were saying, there's a contest going on right now. I think. Um. Do we have any plans? The next one we have planned up is Andreas, right? That's like in a yeah. So that's December thirtieth.
0: Yeah, two weeks.
3: So then we have time like next week to kind of like go over the, uh, you know, the top ten, top twenty yeah. creations like yeah. we did last time yeah, for the uh, contest, and we'll give our opinion, our honest opinion, like we always do. And yeah, that's what we do here, man. Hell yeah, we're chilling.
0: All right, guys, <laughs> thank you for watching and listening. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Block Runner. Make sure you go to Metalith.io and check out their application. Um, I will put uh, their their Twitter handles on our description. And um, that's that's about it. Yeah. And
3: uh, have a Merry Christmas Yeah, uh, stuff. You know? Yeah. Coming up. It's a so, couple not? of weeks away. Dude, we should Christmas up this bitch. Yes. Christmas though put some lights on it dude what is is All alright I got you I I got it don't worry about him I got this I'll I'll, I'll spruce this place up a bit (laughs) special Christmas edition
0: alright guys we're out peace thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast make sure you visit our website theblockrunner.com and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto also reach out to us on twitter at theblockrunner